0: Welcome back to another episode here of All Things Football, Chase. There is a football game on tomorrow. How are we feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm so so happy. It's finally football season. The best time of the year. It is. It just needs to feel like football season. It's freaking hot. The sun needs to calm down, and we need to get into some fall football weather. But we are here yes. for it. We are excited. Football is officially officially back with the first preseason game, Hall of Fame game, kicking off tomorrow, right? This this podcast is recorded on a Wednesday, so if you are getting this tomorrow, right, obviously tomorrow is Thursday, Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central, I believe, 8 p.m. Eastern. Back check if you want, but it is the Hall of Fame game. Super excited for that. We'll give you our thoughts um, on that later in this episode, but we've got a lot to go over, mostly a lot of injuries so far, unfortunately, to kind of discuss um, how it affects players how it affects their team. So let's um, go ahead and dive on in here with uh, episode twenty-two of all things football. Holmes gets a block from in the backfield. right touchdown. All righty, Chase. So as we kind of said before, we've got some injuries. Before we get to the the bad news, let's look at the good news, and that is the Kelly Greens are coming back. We've got more throwback jerseys with the Philadelphia Eagles unveiling their Kelly Green jerseys. Chase, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I love these. These kind of, uh, they were rumored last year. They didn't come. They leaked earlier this season. Eagles said they were going to scrap them, and here they are. I love them. I love that shade of green. I love just the eagle wing on the helmet. Just, I, I really like these
0: jerseys. Yeah. I'm not big into the Kelly Greens, not going to lie. Okay. Um, better than the creamsicles. Um, but, um, I don't know. They don't really, eh, they just kind of add to me. I don't hate them, but I don't love them. Maybe it's because I'm not a fan of green. So yeah. not <laughs> a lot of the green excites me. Uh, I appreciate throwbacks though. Uh, makes me think of back of the movie invincible. That's a good, great movie. Yes. Um, and so just kind of thinking about that. So I respect it. So it's super fun. I'm, you know, Philly fans, I'm sure you guys are freaking excited. So I'm excited for you guys. So, um, but other than that, it doesn't really tickle my fancy too much. I do want to state something, though, for the record. This isn't about the Keller Greens, but it is about another throwback jersey. Uh, last time I said that I thought that the Titans-Houston Oilers throwback were the best. I need to amend that. Today, I saw um, a group of pictures of all of the throwback jerseys we're getting. And I saw the Seattle Seahawks I, and I you. couldn't take my eyes away from it. And it was, those are so I good. just remember that those are so good. So I have to go yes. with you chase that those Seattle throwback jerseys are the best. I, oh. Titans to me come in at second, but those Seattle jerseys that I just, that, that blew so pretty. I just, it's so great. I gotta give it to him. Gotta give it to him.
1: Yes. I can't, I can't wait to watch DK and Jackson Smith and the Jigba just run down the field wide open with those jerseys. Oh, I'm just salivating thinking about it.
0: Yeah, those those jerseys are clean. But um, let us know what your favorite throwback jersey is, right? I think there's about six teams, I think, if I'm not mistaken, maybe more that have donned um, throwback jerseys here for this season that we'll get to take a look at. And so let us know what your favorite throwback jersey is um, or if your team hasn't done a throwback jersey yet, if they should. I know there's been a lot of talk about some other teams doing some throwbacks and resistance with owners um so we'll see if um you know it starts to catch on with more teams doing throwback trees i would love to see right it's only for like a one or two games it doesn't have to be you know the majority of the game so uh, okay. i'm on board with it. i love the throwback jerseys i um, a bit of nostalgia especially for the older fans right to kind of relive the glory days so su- super into the throwback jerseys Chase, what do you think
1: yeah I, I love throwback jerseys i wish i like alternate jerseys anything just to get a little bit of uh a... Um, you know, uniqueness in the team. So I'm all for changing it up. Even if you take a shot and it doesn't work, I'm I'm still like, even the Colts jerseys, I know they're, those are getting a little hot, a lot of hate. I like them, you know, if something different, give it to me. You know, if the college can do it and do it well, surely the NFL could figure it out.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the NFL, the NFL, as far as football goes, they pretty much got it down pat. And I think college football should do, should do a lot more of, um, Um, what uh, the NFL is doing. Speaking about um, college football, I know we didn't play in this, but I forgot I wanted to mention it. So it's official that Colorado is now leaving the Pac-12, going to the Big 12 chase. Rapid, quick thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, good for Colorado. I didn't even see that. I think uh, here in Iowa, college football is only talking about the gambling stuff going on. So, I think there's like 21 athletes between the University of Iowa and Iowa State that got caught gambling, and they've only released a couple of those. So good for Colorado. Uh, Deion Sanders, I know he had surgery a couple of weeks ago. Hopefully he'll, he's back for the football season. Shadur Sanders is going to ball out. You know, I think, that, what is that, they're leaving in 2024
0: then? Nick, yeah, so this is the last year in the Pac-12. Next year, the first year is Big 12.
1: I love it. I love it. You get that Big 12 back pumping. They lost Texas and Oklahoma, gaining a bunch of schools now. Baylor, or not Baylor, they're hit Baylor. Um, shoot, what's the BYU? school? BYU. Thank you. BYU, UFC, Cincinnati, now Colorado. Just massive wins for the Big 12. And Houston, baby. Can't leave out. Oh, I H- forgot
0: Houston. I'm sorry. Oh, cooks Sorry. <laughs> right. I forgive you. Uh, that's my wife's alma mater, so always always repping.
1: I got gotcha. you. Case Keenum's alma mater. Case Keenum.
0: Yeah, the GOAT. The Minneapolis <laughs> Miracle, dude. Yes. Yeah. So can't can't forget about Case Keenum and those no. Cougars. Um Yeah, I mean super excited. The Big Twelve, I think, doing all they can to kind of stay alive. I honestly thought um I honestly thought whenever Oklahoma, and Texas left, that Big Twelve would have went the way of kind of where the Pac twelve was going, if I'm being completely honest. I didn't think they had a lot of really star power in there without those two teams. And so I thought Big 12 was going to die. But um, I forget the commissioner, but new commissioner came in his first year. He went in at guns and blazing, got new TV deals, bringing in all these teams. So I think it's fantastic for football, fantastic for the Big 12. Obviously, that's my, you know, that's the conference I grew up in, Um, you know, as a Mizzou fan before they left to the SEC. So I'm still kind of tied to the Big 12. Um, Just that's what I grew up in. So even though Mizzou left, I still stayed because I'm faithful um but um that's it's exciting um I know as we kind of talked about a couple episodes ago we did kind of our college breakdown with these realignments the Pac-12 is kind of going the way of a dodo bird it seems um and um Colorado saw their first exit to get paid um and so they signed up for it so obviously it helps obviously with Deion Sanders I don't think Colorado other than that brings a lot to the Big 12 um, so we'll see what they're able to do this year um it could be a really big addition it could be kind of a Addition, but if anything, I think it's name recognition, right? So the Big 12 is going to be watched more because of Coach Prime, right? Anything Coach Prime does Coach is Prime. escalated to a thousand, and so now that he's going to be part of the Big 12, the Big 12's like profile is going to go through the roof um, because they don't really have the teams to compete, but they've got one of the biggest personalities ever to exist in football history, and so that's going to put them up with like SEC and Big Ten um, media-wise just because of him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, it's something else is he could potentially, you know, here in a couple of years, keep getting the recruits like he's getting, he can win the big 12. You know, we just said the two powerhouses are leaving. You have a couple teams that are hot every year, like Kansas and Kansas state, you know, though you have flashes. If he continues to do good there in Colorado, like he's looks like he's doing this off season, Colorado could very easily be, you know, 2025 big 12 champions.
0: No, I I agree. Um, And even, you know, be in the mix for playoffs, right? As the playoff expands, um, it's going to be the big 12 needs the playoff to expand, right? They've had Cincinnati get in. That was a joke. They've even when Oklahoma would make it, they still couldn't compete with the SEC teams. And so they would get, you know, Kyler Murray. Baker was close. Um, Kyler got wrecked. Um, Kyler got wrecked there. They just weren't able to do it. And obviously with TCU last year, at least made it to the natty, right? So kudos to them, but still weren't even on the same weren't even on the same field. I don't know what they no. were doing, but they were not, they were could not compete at all. And so the big yeah. 12 um, is just not there yet. And so maybe this would be, um, you know, the, the way for them to kind of get up there and actually win an and It's not going to be the sec for the millionth you know, freaking time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree.
0: But um, yeah, so fun news there. So get back on track here. So unfortunately we have some injuries to report slash <sighs> discuss. Um, this is the worst part about football, the worst part about any sport. Um, actually, you know, these, these, you know, we, all, we talk about, you know, as much money these guys make, but it, whenever these injuries like this suffer, right, you know, it's, it's, it's bad, right? I mean, they're injured, right? I mean, we've got some Achilles tears. we got some knees tears. we got some stuff and it's just, it sucks because the players aren't going to be out there on the field. They work so hard. Uh, we saw exactly what they go through, right? With that quarterback series to be yes. out there. And so the fact that, you sacrifice all that and then you get injured and can't go out there. Um, really it's just heartbreaking and it really, really sucks. So let's go ahead and get to the big one. I think that the biggest one, just because we know the extent of the injury, um, is going to be Jalen Ramsey. right? Had the issue with his meniscus. So comes over in this trade with, um, you know, from the Rams to the dolphins, um, looking at solving, you know, a big piece in their defense and their secondary to help kind of push him to the next level to compete. Um, and then here in training camp, um, not really sure what it was tears his meniscus something to that effect with his meniscus and his um had to have surgery on it and is out until december so basically missing the entire regular season um what are your kind of thoughts there of that injury and what kind of it means to the dolphins
1: yeah that it, it's a rough injury especially when you have someone that you're so high on you know you traded not a lot remember it's just a third round and a center that they cut immediately a hunter long so it wasn't a lot to get him there but he was supposed to be a big missing piece for you guys Comes out and before he even can touch preseason, tears his knee, completely rebuilds his meniscus. Yeah. The good part is it's not like a suspension like Deshaun Watson. I've seen a video of him on, you know, he had this, you know, his, uh, I don't know what that brace on or whatever he's got and on crutches. He's out there talking to the cornerbacks, seeing they signed Eli Apple to kind of bring in, you know, another guy to just fill it in. And maybe if he's, you know, gets 100% healthy, he says, you know, if they're shooting for December, I'll be ready by November is what Jalen Ramsey says. You know, that's what players say. But, you know, if he comes back and I expect the Dolphins to make a push for the playoffs, right, maybe be in the playoffs to get him healthy during the playoffs, that could still be a pro. But it kind of it, – injuries are awful.
0: Yeah, it it sucks. I mean, the good news is, like I said, they didn't really give up a lot for him. So you're not taking the hit on that point. But, um, you know, losing your star player on defense – Um, for the whole season. It's just, it's tough. You know, I I mean, there's no, can't mince words on that one. It's just, it's just tough. So, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal because I still think they'll be able to make to the playoffs without him. Right? They did it last year. So, it's not like, um, you know, who's the crucial piece going to take him to the playoffs? Um, But I think, you know, he might be necessary whenever they get into the playoffs, right? You're looking at the teams they're going to have to go up against um, most likely. um, I mean, it's going to be, you know, two of these four teams, right? It's going to be Bills, yeah. it's going to be Bengals, it's going to be Chiefs, or it's going to be Jags. Um, Let's just call it like it is, right? You know, those yeah. four teams are going to be there for sure. Um, Those are the teams that, you know, that they're going to have to go up against. So Jalen Ramsey obviously is going to help against them. I Post-Jaguars, Jalen Ramsey, I've never been that high on. To be honest, I oh. think he's... I think he's overrated to be honest. I still think he's top he's top there in the league, but I've just watched him get burned so many times to where I don't think he's really as impactful as a corner as he was when he was with Jacksonville. When he was in Jacksonville, he was incredible. Like I get why they the Rams did that deal. Um but with the Rams, you know, I get they won the Super Bowl and stuff, but he was getting torched by Chase like multiple times. Like if Burrow has even one second more, he launches that to Chase there, the last play of the game and the Bengals walk off winning. Um because Chase had to beat. And so to me, as a star cornerback, you can't have that right. you got to lock down the best player and, and do it. I just don't think he has that in him. So I don't think it's that huge of a loss to the Dolphins, if I'm being honest. Um, but I do think that he'll it, – he he adds help for sure, right? Mm-hmm. A veteran presence yes. of somebody who is still a great cornerback. I'm not saying he's not good at all. Um, but um, I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a loss as maybe some other people do. As, as, I guess to the point of what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. I don't think he's, you know, the number one cornerback anymore. And also, I think the way the Rams used him was awful. They invented that kind of cash spot that Iowa's defense has where he kind of plays like middle linebacker, you know, run support cornerback. And I get that he's a great tackler and great, on you know, recognizing run. But he was just phenomenal as a lockdown cornerback. And then the Rams went and changed that. So I don't know if that kind of played into his a little bit of a decline there, but. You know, they say about the cornerbacks, the best cornerback, you know, when you're a good cornerback, when people are talking about you getting burnt, you don't recognize the bad cornerbacks when they get burnt, but when the good cornerbacks get burnt, it's all over social media. So that's how you can tell you're a good cornerback, unless you're
0: Kelvin King and then you suck. <laughs> and Then You <laughs> suck. And then you get penalties on you to lose the game.
1: Yes. You <laughs> let Scotty Miller have
0: 150 yards on you. Um. Ouch. And then out of Denver, Tim Patrick ugh, tears his, or ruptures his Achilles. Um, this dude just cannot stay healthy. Last year he tears his ACL out for season. This year it's his Achilles out for season. Um, it sucks, but the poor guy at this point, I think you're going to have to hang up the cleats, bro. Um, they're non-contact injuries. are just you out there running on grass against air and you're suffering these, these terrible injuries. What what are your thoughts there on the Tim Patrick situation?
1: Yeah, I think this is the worst one that I, when I seen it, I, it, you know, it, you actually told me it the other day and it just, you know, it hurts the most because he, he had that breakout season, right. The uh, two years ago, breakout season kind of came out of nowhere. It was getting a lot of high fantasy football guys was talking about him. You know, that's when, you know, you made it. And then, you know, ACL. And they're like, that's all right. People come back from ACLs all the time. It's not that huge of an injury as it used to be post you know the Adrian Peterson what was it 2013 2012 season and then he carries his Achilles here and that's about the time where you're like man maybe this guy is you know even if he comes back he will never be the same guy that we've seen so just it's brutal when they're back-to-back season-ending injuries like it it just it's rough it's
0: it's rough and it's just wild that these it's crazy to me that this happens to players it's like these guys are like the most like physically fit, like in yes. shape individuals in the entire world and they can just go out there and just run like a little slant route and all of a sudden their whole Achilles just snaps. Like, it just amazes me that, that they could be at that position and yeah. like, and then that stuff happens to them. So it just goes to show you like, no matter what, like it's, I don't know, you could be doing everything right. And then just something crazy happens and it just happens, right? Um, It just sucks that it's just non-contact. Like if I'm going to break something, I want to at least be doing something, right? I want to be going for a touchdown, going for a catch, like at least doing something, but I'm just doing a little slant route, walking through a play in, in training camp. And I might that's oh, I'd be so pissed off if I was it. But at that point, yes, you just, you just can't do anything. And so, you know, the Broncos, you know, I've been patient with them, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that anymore. Just because he just, just, he can't play, right? This is two seasons in a row that he's just not going to be there. So, um, yeah, it sucks. But I think at this point, if he decides to, you know, if he decides to keep coming back, you know, good for him, I guess. But if I were him, I'd probably hang it up at that point. Um, that's just yeah. me. Like I know two, two injuries like that, back to back. I just, I couldn't take any more of that.
1: No. And we've seen this, you know, here, even here recently, you know, uh, last beginning of this offseason, Nasir Adderley from the Chargers, he retired. I think he was only like 27, 29, somewhere in that range, free safety. And then a couple of seasons ago, Jake Butt from the uh, Broncos, from the Broncos, from Michigan, he retired. Right, He had three he had ACL tear in the Orange Bowl his senior year in Michigan, which kind of led to the whole star players opting out. Tore his ACL his sophomore year, tore his ACL his junior year in the NFL. Finally said, I'm done, right? Three ACL tears, both legs, one twice, he, you know, so we've seen this happen, where you know these injuries are forcing players to retire when they haven't really showed everything they have in the tank.
0: It's tough. It's tough. And then another injuries here. This is hitting an entire group. The Seattle Seahawks have reported that their two starting running backs, right, Kenneth Walker yes. and newly rookie Zach Charbonnet, are both out for an extended period of time with injuries. Um, that's crazy. Um, it's obviously not one player, it's two player, but they're both playing the same position. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, what is
1: Pete Carroll doing up there in Seattle, right? We've, we've seen Rashawn Penny and we blamed him. You know, he was injury prone. We'll see how he does with Philly. Maybe it's Pete Carroll running these running backs too hard. I don't know what's going on, but like the running back injuries they have since Marshawn Lynch, I, you know, Thomas Rolls got hurt. Uh, Chris Carson's had to retire because of concussions. Uh, and then you Rashawn Penny never played a full season. Now both of these running backs are done. Oh, I pray for Kenny McIntosh that, he, you know, he can hold up the barrel until these guys are back. I don't, this is absolutely crazy what's happening in Seattle.
0: This just is, it's always something, always something out there with those running backs, like you mentioned. So I just, I mean, I don't know, like, could you attribute it to the coach? Is it some like drills yeah, they're running? Is it some practice? Because like, it, it'd be hard for me to say that they're doing something crazy different than what every other team in the yeah. league is, is doing. Maybe they just draft really injury prone running backs. I don't, I mean, I don't know what else, yeah. what else it could be. Cause I mean, like there's like something, you know, like the CBA and stuff is in place to help protect the players. Right. So I don't think they could be doing anything crazy besides yeah. playing football. Right. I mean, football yeah. in itself is, is, you know, you're putting yourself at a position to be injured. Right. Um, but anything crazy out there to really be extensive, especially here, like with training camps, um, but I, I mean, I don't know. Some people are just are injury prone, and this is just another knock on the whole issue with the running backs. They just might be the most just with the wear and tear, just the most injury prone group, and so um, just um, just further proving the point that the running back um, position is limited and um, expendable, unfortunately. Yes,
1: yes, this is not going Austin Eckler's way, right? <laughs> he he wants to prove that running backs are the, are you know human beings that can handle this stuff and they're built different, some stuff he said. And then Seattle goes and says, Hey, we haven't had a running back handle anything for what, five, six years now. You know, we've been running nine running backs. It seems like, so
0: not, not the greatest for the running back controversy going on right now. I know at some point the, the sea officer is going to have to pull up a, like a sign on the street saying running backs wanted you go out there and just, I'll give him one play. I got one play for you guys. I, I was you, gonna say, I'll sign me, me. Seattle. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll think I'll do it for two. I'll do I'll do it for two hundred k. Bargain. Yeah. You have to yes. give me two hundred thousand dollars. I got one play for you. Promise.
1: Yeah. One play yeah. No. At I, least. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I got one play, and I run like a, you know, eight second forty. So put me
0: in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, listen. I'm not big by any means, but I can hop over the pile. I can hop over the pile. They will not be expecting this little white dude to hop over the pile. I'll do it. I'll send it yeah. for 200 K. I'll send it. You get me on the goal yeah. line, one yard gold to go. I got you. I got you.
1: Yep. Yep. Nope. Offer stands. Someone reach out to all things football. We got two running backs right here.
0: Hey, that's all things football. 1512 at gmail.com. Send the offer letter our way and we'll get back to you. Asap. Asap. <laughs> um, um, the last injury here, this one is maybe the most concerning due to the fact that it's a quarterback. Um, Joe Burrow suffers Oof. a calf strain um, and will be out a couple of weeks, right? We don't really know the extent of what he'll be out. Um, it sounds like he'll still be good to go for week one, um, but I would assume we won't be seeing him at all in the preseason as they get that calf strain to fully heal. So it was a scary, scary sighting. Um, there with that injury chase, but um, it looks like we're in the clear as far as something major. What are your thoughts here on the calf strain and, uh, you know, missing these next couple of weeks?
1: Yeah, this I think this one was the biggest red flag immediately when I seen it. Right. Anytime a quarterback goes down, even even like if Sam Howell were to get hurt, I'd be sad. Right. I want to see these quarterbacks want to see the best version of all of these quarterbacks. Right. And then especially that it's Joe Burrow, you know, a consensus top five quarterback in the league. I'm just glad that that it doesn't seem like it's going to affect his play in the regular season, right? If he doesn't play preseason, he's a little rusty. The Bengals have been a little rusty in the and you know in the uh first couple of games with him anyway on on the helm. So, you know, I don't know if it hurts that much, but I just hope this calf is healed up and it doesn't uh, affect his play. I want to see the NFL at its best.
0: Yeah, and so I mean, I, the, so the same thing to Joe Burrow basically happened last season, except it was with his appendix, right? So we got his appendix removed. Um, missed the entire preseason, came back week one, threw like five interceptions, and then lost the game. Right? Um, so you you could say you know that the preseason it you know Trish Kanningup is important to Burrow specifically because he had a lot of rest coming off. So I, I'm not concerned long term. Obviously they figured it out, but short term it is kind of concerning because you don't want to you don't want to give any of these games away. Like yes, it's a 17 game season. You can obviously get it back. Um, but you know, at the end of the year, like that one loss there was the difference between their seeding at the end of the year, right? Um, and so you you know you don't want to give any games away at possible, and so you know going up and especially opening up week one against the Browns. Historically, that's the team that Joe Burrow struggles the most against. So that week one game, um, I even called it as their first loss b- before the injury happened, just because one, it's the Browns, and two, they start off slow. So coupling that with all of this stuff, it, it, I'm. I would bet, not a lot of money, but the odds to me I would bet are higher now on the Browns to win that week one game against the Bengals because of this. Um, I don't think it'll have a, a great effect on the season. We'll see if it's something that can be reaggravated or injured further. Because it looks like he might have been nursing it because he had a sleeve on that calf. Like if you see the video of him getting injured, yeah. like there was already a sleeve on it. So I don't think you just wear a sleeve on your leg if everything's fine. Um, right. It's not like in basketball where they wear like the pantyhose while they go out and play. Like, you know, if you're wearing a sleeve on the football field it's something it's, it's probably not maybe serious, Uh, but obviously it's cautionary. Right. So there was something going on there with the calf. I believe to begin with, obviously I don't know that for sure. It's just what my eyes tell me. And so that could be concerning, right? Maybe they just, maybe shouldn't have been out there doing it. Um, because they were nursing it. So maybe now they'll, you know, be extra, extra, extra careful. So we'll see how it kind of plays out. Hopefully he's able to, you know, play the full season, nothing else re-aggravates really aggravate, because that would suck for the league um, to not have one of the best quarterbacks out there at 100%, right, the, the whole season. So um, hopefully he's able to to heal himself um, quickly and be out there and be ready as can be for week one.
1: Yes. No, I, I, I hope the same too. I want to see Joe Burrow on two legs healthy this season.
0: Yes, it's good. Even though, you know, we saw Mahomes, he can be great on one leg. We still prefer our quarterbacks on two. Correct, correct. Well, that's kind of the league roundup there. Unfortunately, a lot of injuries um, to cover. Uh, But now I kind of want to get into some of the hot topics here um, in the league and nothing hotter um, than the recent um, Broncos-Jets drama. Um, Two teams that we never would have thought would have had any sort of banter back and forth yet here we are at the precipice of the 2023 season and we have maybe the league's next newest rivalry brewing and that's because Sean Payton the new head coach of the Broncos decided to attack abuse yes. if you will um you know now offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett of the Jets obviously the head coach of the Broncos last year and quote said one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. Now, I'm not an NFL coach by any standard. But Nathaniel Hackett was a terrible head coach last year. Yes. Everybody with eyes can see that, right? He did not get the best out of his players. There was struggle with the game clock, with time management the entire season, made questionable calls. Even for a rookie head coach, it was it was it was pretty bad. Um, obviously, they're not going to blame the quarterback. They're going to blame the coach. And so in this win-now mode in the league, the, the, the Broncos decided to bite the bullet and go after Sean Payton. Um, but, but still, for a head coach to come in there and not even play a game yet, um, to come in and say it was the worst coaching job in NFL history, to me, was pretty shocking, Chase. I, I don't know what you thought about it, but to me, I was, I was shocked that a head coach would say that of another head coach, especially when he hasn't even played a game at all, right? We're just in training camp. We're just in the off season to come in and take shots like that was pretty surprising.
1: Yeah. I I mean, it, it's more than surprising. It's real trashy. I thought this was a very, very uh, poor excuse for a head coach, right? Sean Payton to do something like that. He, 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 and he didn't even stop there. He went on to say that the only winning that the jets are going to do this year is in the off season, continuing to attack, you know, the jets for hiring Nathaniel Hackett, and it's just it, it blew my mind that the NFL head coach that was on TV last year as an analysis, right, would, would come out to the media. You know, this wasn't leaked, you know, locker room talk. He was standing at the podium addressing the media, saying these things like how how crappy of a human being do you have to do to, to do that to, a, you know, a person. You know, there's only a few people that get to be head coach in the NFL, you know. The, you know, it's kind of a, a brotherhood, if you would. Right. The coaches respect the coaches, even the bad coaches like you you still hear some of the coaches talk about Jeff Fisher and how good of a coach he was. Jeff Fisher was not a good head coach. You know, we've seen that, he, he, you know, they, they they moved the full team to L.A. to get rid of Jeff Fisher. So <laughs> so he wasn't a great head coach, but they you know, no one's talking bad about Jeff Fisher and no one should, you know, from the from this head coaching point. let the media, you know, that's what the media was there for. Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, that first game when Peyton was screaming for timeouts, you know, the, the the people know how good of a job Nathaniel Hackett did. And I think Nathaniel Hackett was a heck of a good uh, offensive coordinator. You know, he was the Packers offensive coordinator that 2019 through 2021 season. You know, we had that 2019 season, we had the best red zone uh, offense of all time, scoring on like 89% of our red zone trips. I mean, it was just phenomenal. And then I, I just, I can't believe Sean Payton. Well, I could believe, I just couldn't believe he'd do it again. Right. Sean Payton's kind of known for some of the, the biggest, you know, uh, crap moves in the NFL, you know, help the old bounty gate happened under Sean Payton. And then you have, you know, the beast quake, he was mocking Seattle fans as Marshawn Lynch was breaking off one of the best runs in playoff history during the Minneapolis miracle. He was turned around skull chanting at Vikings fans as he's losing the game. Like, the things that this person does just never uh, surpasses my knowledge of what, how bad a human being can be as, as a person, not like
0: mass genocide, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, typically speaking, like I don't mind like taking shots at other people and stuff like that. I think that's good for sports and good for football and things like that. But to come in there, like when you, you haven't even done anything with the Broncos yet. Like, so to come in and say, you know, all this different stuff like that, that's what kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like, to me, to me, what it is, is, is he's, I think he's concerned. I think he's seen what he has in Russell Wilson. I think he's seen what he has. And I think he's kind of understanding that maybe it's not going to be as good as maybe he was hoping for. And so he's trying to put it out there that like, he has to come in and he has to clean up the mess that Nathaniel Hackett left. So like, if they're not good this year, then it's not his fault. It's from the previous regime and he's still working on getting all the bad and the kinks and stuff out. That's how I read into it. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so he's kind of setting, setting the stage to where he can't take the blame. But in, in my mind is, is if you are, you, you, they traded, you know, they brought you out of retirement. They're printing you a crap ton of money. They traded a first round pick first for round. you. Um, to come in there to be the savior, you, you, you cannot have you. You can't miss the playoffs. Like you can't. No. Like if that team, because the Broncos are not bad by by any stretch of the imagination. Um, they just played super poor last year. They've got a great defense. They have a capable offense. If Russ can just be seventy percent of what he was in Seattle, they can win enough games to make a playoff push. Um, I would I mean, I wouldn't have them any higher than the very last, you know, wild card, um team, but they yeah. have, they have, I'm not running them off completely. Um, but for everything there, for all the talk you're doing, like, bro, you got to back it up. And if you don't, that's going to be all on you. And I, I don't think, I don't think that was his intended, you know, he wasn't intending to do that, but I think this, that, that does it. So let me just phrase this question to you here. Okay. So after this back and forth, right? We know Rogers clapped back. You know he's like, "Keep my coach's name out of your mouth." Kind of like the whole Will Smith thing. Will Smith thing. Um, but so who? So who has more pressure to deliver than Jets with Rodgers and Hackett, or the Broncos with Russ and Peyton?
1: I think it is still the Broncos. They brought that. They gave up this historically huge contract bringing Russ in. That didn't work. I think Sean Payton's, I think the reason he did all of that jabbing at Nathaniel Hackett is to say that Russ is still the guy, right? It wasn't our, you know, this team's fault. It was the guy that was here. I can, you know, I can come in and kind of save the day, right? You know, look, you know, this is a good team. They traded a first round pick for a head coach that gave Kirk Cousins his only playoff win. Like, let's not forget that Kirk Cousins has one playoff win and it's against this guy. Like they they, they brought him out of retirement, you know, when he left uh, the Saints high and dry on cap situation and looking like they had no idea where they were going to go, gave Taysom Hill that $40 million contract to be a utility player, then left. And now he's going to come in and uh, take the Broncos to the promised land. He's got to like, that's, that's what he has been preaching. That's what, you know, the media has been saying. I think Aaron Rodgers still has pressure for the Jets, but I think it's a lot less than, you know, this, what what uh the broncos gave up to get to the promised land is way less than what the jets have naturally built they just kind of sped up the process bringing Rodgers in
0: yeah no i'm, I'm with you 100 like i don't see how there's more pressure on Rodgers than the hackett like at all the, i mean they did not give up the farm for Rodgers, and even redoing the contract helps alleviate the cap space which that was kind of the question right is Rodgers going to be there more than one year you're willing to commit that much money about all this stuff and it's all worked out so far like Rodgers is doing, saying all of the right things. You've got the cap reshucked. He's there for two years. Like, I mean, that's, that's just taken a lot of pressure off um, to me. Um, when I think they're like, obviously, there's pressure when you look at like, um, you know, obviously, there's pressure on the Jets, you know, to win, right? They've said they're a quarterback away. This whole trade and everything is them admitting they were quarterback away. They go out to grab a quarterback. So there is pressure there for them to win, obviously. But for all the reasons that you mentioned, um, right you know Sean Payton is, is this whole thing and especially he's the one starting these comments like no one yeah. like like was provoking him like he just started just spewing <laughs> this stuff which that's his opinion that's his opinion right everybody manages to tell it to his opinion I don't really care um, but um that um, is just is putting so much pressure on it you you have to do it. I kind of alluded to that beforehand kind of jumped the gun on kind of my thoughts on that. But like you brought in to be the savior, you have to be the savior. Anything less than being the savior is, is, is a fail. And I just, I don't, I don't see Sean Payton as if he had drew Brees for 15 years and only won one Super Bowl. Like it wasn't like he built this dynasty and is like, is this amazing like coach and stuff like that. Like, yes, he's been successful. Like he's had, you know, success, right. They're perennial playoff contenders every year, right. They're in there and stuff like that but they were still never able enough to get even back to the Super Bowl, right? They just have that one Super Bowl, they won, they beat Peyton Manning, fantastic, great. That was like 20 some years ago. You know, maybe over-exaggerating a bit, but it was forever ago, right? There's no, like that should not be relevant here. Like what have you done in the last five or six years? And the answer is nothing. And so, Mm so the pressure's on you, bro. Like you're getting paid a bajillion dollars, first round pick, they traded for like, you have to come in, Day, like as as soon as you lose, like if you lose week one, the house is coming down. Like those Bronco fans are do not play around, and they will turn on you as fast as they welcomed you in. And so it's it's concerning, uh, or not concerning, but it will be concerning if he comes out and you know week one plays out kind of like week one of last year, because that's just going to set the whole season on like this cascade of potentially just falling down and being similar to last year. So let me follow up here. So. I've said here in order for this to be a success, the Sean Payton experiment, they have to make the playoffs. Are you in or are you out on that?
1: I am. I'm in. I'm in. You know, I don't think it was there. I think this comment and a couple of other things that he's done has elevated, right. That, you know, Hey, I can do this, right. It was, it was that guy that messed up. I can do this. I think he's put added pressure that you don't really want or need in the NFL. And so I think to to get this, you know, uh, Bronco Savior thing off his back, he's got to make the playoffs, right? I don't think they've made the playoffs since Peyton Manning left. And so, you know, they've been searching for it since then, and they believe they found it in Sean Payton, right? Russ wasn't the answer. So now they're turning to Sean Payton to be the answer. And he's been, you know, living it up the high life thinking he's the answer. So I think I think I'm in. I think I'm in on that one. He's got to make the playoffs or it's a loss.
0: Yep. I'm with you. Playoff playoffs or bust. I mean, it's I mean, I would say the same thing about the Jets, right? With the whole Aaron Rodgers situation, playoff for butts. Um, but Aaron Rodgers isn't the one coming in, locked in like he's the savior of the Jets franchise and he's gonna take them to all these new levels, right? As Sean Payton is coming in here and kind of alluding to that, um, and, and just those comments. Um, like I said, I think he's insecure. I, I agree with Rodgers in that point. I think he's insecure, yes. and I think he's saying it to to cushion. Um, the fall of the Broncos when the Broncos don't meet the expectations, right? He's trying to sh- to shield off the blame um, over on Hackett, um, saying it's still, you know, it's Hackett's job. Still, I'm just coming in slowly, you know, rebuilding it. So, um, yeah, definitely, that, that, I'm 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 like a hundred percent believer that it's playoffs or bust for the Broncos, and obviously, Champagne's not going to be on the hot seat. What they gave up to him, they're not going to move yeah. off of him after a year like they did with Hackett um but the pressure the pressure's on like right now bro like you you gotta do it or it's gonna be a long ride for you in denver and you're in you're you're in the tough division too i think chargers are better than you and the chiefs are better than you so i it's just it is it is what it is so good good luck to you um hopefully you suck and you don't make the playoffs and we'll see what happens
1: yeah yeah and i Last thing on this I want to say is I I had put all the money on Aaron Rodgers going nuts week five, right? He does these subtle things where he's cool in the media, and then all of a sudden he goes and plays a team. And we've seen it, you know, against the Bears. I think Matthew Stafford said a couple of things against him. We get the Lions a couple of years ago. You know, he just he, – he, he shows kind of like what you're we talking about with Mahomes. He doesn't trash talk to the media. He shows it come game day. Week five, these guys play, and I think it will be a bloodbath.
0: Bro, I cannot wait for like when he scores a touchdown when Roger scores a touchdown, he looks over to the sideline. Uh, he won't do like the I own me like he did the Bears fans, but I wanna be like, Keep my coach's name out your mouth or something like that. Over yes, to the sideline, Deshaun Payne. That would be freaking uh, epic. Bro would get dragged out the wazoo for it, but it'd be so freaking <laughs> epic. <laughs> yes. Yes. That'd be so epic. Ugh. Um is there any way they can they can flex a week five game to prime time? I don't think so. You don't think so. Man, you I don't think. Do I well, think it has to
1: be after week ten. Damn.
0: We'll see. Dang it. Right. But um, that'll be that'll be a good one to watch. We'll see what yeah, kind of. I think. I mean. I think the records will indicate kind of what that game will be like, though. So we'll see kind of what their perspective records are at in week five. Um, I'm not too familiar with the Broncos schedule. I know the Jets have a tough schedule there um, in those first five weeks, um, first six weeks, because um, I know yeah. they go they go Chiefs, Broncos, then Eagles. So that it's it's pretty tough there. So. We'll see what happens there. But um, yeah, that's kind of our thoughts there on that Sean Payton comment here. So let's move on here to um, another thing. So the Athletics uh, annual quarterback tier and rankings voted by 50 NFL coaches and executives has been released. So I just want to read off these um, for you um, here. So they broke them into four tiers. Um, there's 30 quarterbacks. And. Uh, They didn't rank rookies. I was gonna say I was like, wait a minute, I was like, okay, got it. Uh, Okay, so tier one is Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Rogers, and Hurt. Tier two is Hurts, Jackson, Lawrence, Prescott, Stafford, Watson, and Cousins. Tier three is Murray, Carr, Golf, Wilson, Tua, Garoppolo, Jones, Smith, Fields, Tannehill. And jo- oh, so it's Daniel Jones at 19, Jones, Mac Jones at 23. Matt tier four is Brock Purdy, Kenny Pickett, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Garden Mitchell. So four tiers ranked one through three. Did they get it right, Chase?
1: Uh, no, I, I have a huge problem with this list. And it is the fact that they have Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford in the same tier as Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Trevor Lawrence that is crazy to me the fact that i mean just that third tier of people that you have with Derek carr jared goff russell wilson tua jimmy g daniel jones geno smith ryan Tannehill, mac jones all of those guys are the exact same thing kurt cousins is very very decent game managers And then the fact that they have Kyler Murray in the third tier and Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins above him, I understand Kyler Murray's injured. So if it's an injury dropped him, I understand that. But you ranked some players here that were injured that were, you know, that didn't seem to affect. I'm not sure, you know, kind of a little random on their, you know, rankings, you know, not even ranking all 32. I think Kyler Murray should have probably, if you're not going to give him the respect he deserves, leave him out the year, he probably won't play. But uh, I just, I think it's wild that Kirk Cousins is not in the game manager tier. You can't tell me Kirk Cousins and Jar and Jalen Hurts are on the same tier. We mean we, we watch football. That no one's going to believe that. And I think Stafford, with you know, he was injured just as much as Kyler was. Had a worse season than Kyler was last year, and he got the top tier, and Kyler got the third tier. I I think Kyler Murray gets way too much disrespect, and I think Matthew Stafford and Kirk Cousins are getting a little bit overhyped. You
0: just can't get over those those two guys. You just gotta. Yes, I can.
1: I I got this stats here. If you want me to read them out to you,
0: no, it's okay. I think um I I mean Stafford really didn't do anything last year, so I'm surprised he's ranked you know this side. I, th- I I guess I don't think they're taking it by season by season. I think they're taking it, like yeah. overall. I would have to assume, but I don't mind. Kirk. I mean, I get you know it's it's, it's problem whenever you're doing tiers because whenever you have like everyone in the same tier, you're saying like they're pretty much similar. Um, like if we were really doing that, Patrick Mahomes would be in his own tier. And then everybody else would be tier two, and then tier three, and so on. So I, at some point, you just kind of have to group a couple people um, together. So, so I mean, the way I looked at it was like I, you know, I feel like they did like tier one are looking at like okay, these are going to be like the quarterbacks that are most likely going to be in the Super Bowl, and then tier two are going to be like okay, these guys that are going to be able to get their teams to playoffs, and tier three are going to be you know fringe playoff players, and tier four are going to be guys that you know are playoffs except they did my boy brock purdy wrong okay this is my problem with this list i got two problems one let me start here with my boy brock purdy brock purdy who has never lost a football game never lost a football game in his career um has only freaking one has won two playoff games um would have won the nfc championship and then obviously lose to the chiefs in the super bowl but the bro has not lost anything, and he's in freaking Tier 4. You have him lower than Mac Jones? Are you freaking kidding me? You have him lower than uh, Justin Fields? Are you freaking kidding me? Like, Like, why are you doing my boy Brock Purdy so wrong? Like, I get he only played like, you know, six, you know, like eight games. But the bro hasn't even lost. And it's not like he went up against crappy teams. He went up against good solid teams. He was tested and he freaking won. So that's my first problem with the list is Brock Purdy in tier number freaking four. That's stupid. Ryan Tano, you put Ryan Tano over Brock Purdy? Get up out of here. (laughs) Um, That's my biggest beef. Uh, My second beef is Jalen Hurts. If you're going to put these other guys in tier one, Jalen Hurts is a tier one quarterback. Like, bro just balled out in the Super Bowl like let's be honest like you could even you could almost argue he played like I'm not I can take the fan goggles off you can almost argue he played better than Mahomes in the Super Bowl I mean the stats will still lean towards Mahomes um, way I think either way um, you know Joe Burrow did have that costly weird fumble that happened that turned into a touchdown so then you know the word plays and stuff he makes but like he rose to the occasion he went back he went back and forth back and forth he went play for play um, with with uh, with the greatest um, that the NFL has ever seen, and so um, it's to so the fact that hurts. Uh, Herbert hasn't even won a playoff game, so the fact that I I love Justin Herbert, I don't have a problem with him being a tier one quarterback, but he hasn't won a playoff game ever in his life, and Jalen Hurts has one been to a Super Bowl. So I guess the argument is is that Herbert has been more consistent, right? Jalen Hurts, la- you know, last season with Jalen Hurts, like really only. Solid year that we've seen, um, so maybe I get it. But that's that's my other beef here is that Jalen Hurts it, it should definitely be a tier one, um, just in general. But especially if they're going to put Herbert there in tier one, um, Jalen Hurts has to be in tier one. So I would honestly probably flop Hurts and Herbert in this case. If this is how they're doing the tiers, I would swap Hurts and Herbert just due to the fact that Hurts Herbert has never won a playoff game ever in his life.
1: Yeah, let, let me let me. Uh, I think I think I understood it just a little bit. I think one of the reasons why it Hurts didn't get that number one is one is his injury concern. He's you know he's had two full seasons in the NFL starter right. He took over uh, you know started took over really late the one year they went to the playoffs and then this was his first year and he got hurt in both of them, right? You know he's he he hasn't been fully healthy for a complete season and two is he might just ha- have had the greatest offensive around him. We've ever seen, right? One of the best offensive lines. They brought in AJ Brown. Devontae Smith is there. Quez Watkins is still there. You have uh, Dallas Goddard. You have all of these, you know, Herbert ha- hasn't even had a receiver the level of, you know, Devontae Smith. And I'm not very high on Devontae Smith, but he has never even had that type of player. You know, his offensive line has always been banged up. He's got Austin Eckler, if that means anything to you for fantasy value, but not for game wins. But so I think that the fact that Herbert has even put up, you know, uh, comparable stats with the team that they're on. I think that that that's why I would, you know, I think I I like Hertz at that second one, right. He bloomed last year, but also we have seen, you know, maybe any quarterback could have boomed last year with that team. So I think, I think the biggest thing is, uh, It's hard to tier quarterbacks. It's hard to rank quarterbacks. You're always, you know, you're never going to have anything. The other thing I have, you know, this might be a little homer of me, but when you put Jordan Love in tier four and then you don't rank the other rookies, like don't rank Jordan Love. We haven't seen him play. Why you got to set him up for, you know, like Sam Howell's here too. We've seen him play one game. Like just don't rank them. If you're not going to rank all 32 anyway, there's no reason to rank the ones that we haven't seen play. So I thought that was kind of weird. They just left off, you know, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, but they couldn't predict Jordan Love's not going to be very good. Weird.
0: Well, I don't. I mean, the thing is, I don't think these are predictions, right? These are these yeah. aren't predictions of what's going to happen in the future. These can obviously change. These are just based off of um, how they would rank them, right? So there's, I guess, they got people like rank these rank these quarterbacks one through thirty today. Right. So that was the ranking. So that's why I don't think, um, like, cause it's not projecting. So I don't think injuries would come into effect I think it would just be looking at, like, their talent, their play, what we've seen from them, um, is how I would do it. It's why I can understand when you're doing rankings, you're doing rankings. You're not, you're based off what they've done, not what they can do. Um, and so that's why I've got a problem with, with Hurts thing in tier two. So, um, but other, than, other than that, I don't really have too much problem with it. But, um, Brock Purdy definitely should be up to, um, Definitely should be up there to at least a tier. Give me, t- bro, Brock Purdy should freaking be a tier two. I ain't even gonna lie, Brock Purdy should be a tier two. All those other guys on there, Dak Prescott, how many? How many games? Is that, how many playoff games has Dak Prescott won? Uh, yeah. one, one. Oh, how so. many has Brock Purdy won? Two. two. Suck it, Brock Purdy, tier two.
1: I mean, Mac Jones has a playoff win. Does that mean he gets to go up? No. No. Playoff Mac wins are Jones. a weird way to look at quarterback. Because I, I think is, Kyler is Murray is should, be should be a right tier two.
0: I agree. I, I, I'm not arguing against those guys. I'm just saying T- I'm, this is my guy for Brock Purdy.
1: Tannehill has three playoff wins. Yeah, but Tannehill sucks right now. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I agree. But <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I just Kyler Murray is a better quarterback than they're giving him pre- pressure for. I, that's what I got out of this list. The disrespect on Kyler Murray, all the video game things, he's short. Dude's a baller, and I want him to get healthy and show us next season.
0: Yeah, we'll see what happens if Tooney doesn't take his job. Yeah, Clayton Tooney. <laughs> Tooney's going to come in. Come in, the old Cougar's going to come in. Oh, that's right. Job. Let's yeah, go. So, all we, do, I mean, all we do is put out – all we do is put out um, – Backup quarterback quarterbacks. Silence. talents. No <laughs> – True. Sure. You're not wrong. Um, yeah, but that's the quarterback. Um, uh, those quarterback tiers. Let us know in the comments, you know, what your issues are with those tiers. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of it. Um, so let us know there in the comments. So um moving on here, so shocker, shocker, some more running back drama. This is more player specific though. Um and kind of crazy. So uh Jonathan Taylor, the running back of the Indianapolis Colts, has now requested a trade. From the Colts, after meeting with owner Jim Irsay, Um, there has been a lot of kind of public back and forth, um, where Jim Irsay has um, publicly commented on the (laughs) running back market kind of drama. Um, After that running back meeting, he kind of came out and kind of you know said basically. It's unrealistic. It's selfish that we're going to change everything just for one player, one group of players, when there's a whole collective bargaining agreement that everybody has agreed on. Um, and then Jonathan Taylor's agent, um, which I think is the instigator in all of this, um, I had so a too. reply, um, and that's when kind of it all kind of went downhill. Was after he he kind of replied. Um, with that, so and that's led us to them meeting together in um in a bus or in a trailer yeah. or whatever that was, um and after that, you know, Jonathan Taylor says I want to trade, and Jim Irsay says we are not trading him. Um, so that's kind of where we are at in the Jonathan Taylor Colts saga chase. What are your kind of thoughts here on 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 that situation? If I missed missed anything out, kind of on that description and lightness of it,
1: yeah, I. I- it, it's it's crazy because, you know, that's crazy enough. And then you have the whole injury thing that kind of started, you know, right before they requested a trade that, you know, their Zoom meeting, they told him to exaggerate injury. So Jonathan Taylor comes and says his back hurts. The Colts say they're going to put him on the pub list, meaning they don't have to pay him for the season until he's healthy. Jonathan Taylor tweets out, says, hey, my back doesn't hurt. Your sources lied to you. And then Jim Ursay responds with that tweet with you. Let me read this. I wrote it down because it is just a a gem he responds if I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor's out of the league no one's gonna miss us the league goes on it doesn't matter who comes or who goes I mean just what a what a what a crazy tweet from an NFL owner I was looking for this tweet today is looking through Jim Merce's uh Twitter and dude cares about the Colts I think every other tweet is something about the Colts he's there at training camp meeting with the players so like this guy's just wild, you know, and now he's requested a trade. You mentioned that. Uh, I just, I, I think it's a wild thing that started, you know, a couple players were unhappy with their contract and now all of the running backs have to be unhappy with their contract. I, I think that zoom meeting, I think this is a direct correlation to that zoom meeting, you know, maybe you'll never prove it, whatever, but I think this is what's happening when, when you know, and I think, you know, I mean, as much as Jim Irsay didn't have to say that, I think he's right. Right your CBA is there to protect you guys. They went and argued for new helmets or player health, which is great. I mean, I'm not trashing that at all, but when they agreed to that, they didn't mention contracts or running backs or contracts for anyone really. And this is what's going to have to happen. You're going to have to play it out until the new CBA. You know, there's no reason to go back there and fix this until the new CBA.
0: Yeah. And then like I said, kind of uh, it all kind of started with, so, The agent, I think, is the instigator in all of this because nothing was going on until the agent kind of publicly came out and said that response. Uh, And it's a new agent. Jonathan Taylor just hired him. Um, And so it wasn't like it's been his lifelong agent. They've had problems or anything in the past. It's like some brand new agent that he hired and then he's, you know, going after, you know, your say publicly on Twitter. Not probably not the best way to go about things, but, dude, as an NFL owner, you are, like, the most powerful person in the world because you can control what your team does and what it doesn't do, right? Like if he's not going to cut, like if he wants to sit out and not play, then you don't have to pay him. You're not going to trade him, right? You say, we're not going to trade him. You don't have to trade him. And then he can sit out and then he's just not going to get paid. And you know, it's a win-win for you because you're, um, you're getting paid. And then if you do decide to trade him you're losing trading value, right? He's yes. not playing at all. So, you know, no team, you know no team's going to be able to you know to lowball you an offer any low ball is going to be what you're going to accept you're like this dude isn't playing but you're not paying him so why would i take any offer you're you're, you're giving me if it's not like a, a huge offer right you're going to have to someone's going to have to trade a lot to get jonathan taylor because the colts are going to play hardball right He is an yeah. integral part of that team 100 percent. one of the best running backs in the league um but um i just it's just I see no reason for Irse to budge on this or honor his request to trade him um, because he's either going to have to go out there and play or not get paid at all. And I think say is okay with either one of that happening based on his tweets saying that if yeah. he died, no one's going to <laughs> notice them. So yeah. if he's not out there, no one's going to notice him. I think it's kind of what he was kind of getting at there. Yeah. Um, so either show up and play to get paid or don't show up and play at all. And that's your choice.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I think this is also a really weird timing. I mean, right before training camp, and right after, like it would have been one thing if it was right after he led the league in rushing, but this was his, you know, his down year, his statistical down year. He didn't have a, sure. a great year. The Colts underperformed a lot. You know, this was their division to win this year, and they just couldn't do it. And uh, you know, th- so it, it's a weird time. You know, hey, I might be declining early, but I want to be paid a lot of money.
0: Yeah, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, so especially when you're not in like a contract, you're like if you're in a contract year, yes. you can maybe like, oh okay, get it. But you're like, think what? Two years out? Nope. Yeah. No, no, one years year out? out. One year out.
1: Yeah, draft the same year Clyde was twenty twenty, yeah. COVID year. Yeah, so yeah. she so he's got two. Yeah, two. So two more this yeah, year and two, then next year. So it's just kind of like with a fifth year option. or no, he doesn't have a yeah. fifth year option. Yeah, for first yeah round cause it was a first rounder.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of like bro. Like you're just, and you're, it's your agent, right? I mean, your agent's the one yes. trying to negotiate this stuff like this. And so he's, he's taking his shot and he's just playing his, he's playing his hand wrong, right? He's thinking that he's got this royal flush and he doesn't even have a pair. Um, and so it's just, it, yeah. So choose your agents wisely. Um, <laughs> players. So, yeah. Um, they, they might think that, uh, you know, they're doing what's best for you, but really they're not, they're just always doing what's best for them. They just don't care if you get paid. The only agents care if they get paid. So you have to get paid a good amount. So they get the, they get their commission off of it or yeah,
1: whatever. Yeah, 10% or whatever it is.
0: Um, and so, you know, they're trying to, you're going to try to get anything, but honestly just kind of screw you over in, in the end. I think I don't think any agents, um, worth their salt are going to say, come in and say that you, you know, are going to be able to get more money than the other guy because X and X and X um it's just it's just not possible at this moment so we'll see what happens there with with that saga i think he'll eventually come back and play i don't think jonathan taylor is stupid enough to really sit out especially being so far removed from a contract um it's not going to get reached you're not going to restructure a rookie contract you're not going to get a new contract this year this you know this far in especially at the running back position like if you were you know if this was like andrew luck you know with the Colts, and he's just balling out completely I, always, I get it because we look at like what the colts have done they honored that contract they gave him all the money that he was due whenever he retired like that I was I think it was like 24 million dollars yeah that they could have not paid him but they decided to pay him so like the colts and ears are like a trash organization and a trash team like some of these like you know has some of these other teams historically have been um like they seem like they've always you know haven't really they didn't draft well enough to protect um, Andrew Luck, but um, these kind of took care of him with that payment goes. So I, it's hard yeah. for me to believe that all of a sudden, like you no, know, like Ersay and the Colts like don't care about the players. They just are understanding what the market is, and the running backs are trying their hardest to reset this market when they have no leg to stand on. And so Ersay is honestly saying what everybody else believes and knows. He's just the only one kind of saying it publicly. Maybe the way he said it was kind of crass. <laughs> Um, maybe he could have worded it a little bit better, Yeah, but it's honestly what everybody else is saying and thinking he's just the only one saying it out loud.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And Jim Marseille has also said, you know, tweeted out that the Colts are one of the best organizations taking care of their players, right? Andrew Luck, you'd mentioned that Peyton Manning, even when they departed with Peyton Manning, they did it very, you know, wasn't an ugly breakup. You know, they had a huge deal for him and he came back and played against them, right? I think, you know, as much as Jim Marce is not really a light guy, Pat, Uh, McAfee is a Colt. He talks pretty well, good about Jim Irsay. So I, you know, I I don't, I I think this is uh, someone's poisoning JT's mind, right? Whispering things that maybe aren't true. And that's
0: led to this big drama. Yes. But that's some more running back drama. Almost, almost done with it. We'll see what happens within the next week. See if anybody else wants (laughs) a new contract. Um, I guess Josh Jacobs is the only other domino kind of left to fall. Um, so we'll see what happens there with him, but, um, moving on here as kind of previewed at the opening tomorrow is the hall of fame game, a glorified preseason game, um, if you will, but it is within the Cleveland Browns and the New York jets, but don't get your hopes up. We will not be seeing Aaron Rodgers quite yet. Um, the jets are going with Zach Wilson as their quarterback and for the Browns, you may think, Oh, you're going to get some Dorian Thompson action. But they are starting Kellen Mond, um, as their starting quarterback. Dorian Thompson is going to be mixed in there, um, but looks like the majority of the playing time is going to go to Kellen Mond, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings, third round pick, um, now with the Cleveland Browns. So it looks like it'll be Zach Wilson versus Kellen Mond to start off the game, um, but should still be exciting. It's football. It's football. It's football. Chase, how are you feeling?
1: Yeah, I'm feeling great. You know, I mean, not not a lot of Hall of Fame games. You get this not premium matchup with quarterback, but this intriguing, right? Kellen Mond had a lot of hype coming out of the draft. Um, If you remember the Minnesota Vikings drafted him and then the Texans traded up to draft Davis mills. They wanted Kellen Mond. I mean, they might've dodged a bullet. I think Davis mills may be a better quarterback than Kellen Mond, but they didn't have the picks because of some trade they did or something and have a pick until the third round Vikings traded up to draft Kellen Mond to snipe him before the, Steelers, I I've watched Kellen Mon play in a preseason game up in Kansas City before. Not really great, but who knows? Maybe maybe it's just a system. Maybe it wasn't a great system fit, right? So Kellen Mond was electric at Texas A and M. I remember watching him play there, and then Zach Wilson, right? We've seen. You know, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I didn't buy into the hype in his draft. But we've seen that it could be there. So you know, it'd be fun to see Zach Wilson again. Maybe Aaron Rodgers helping him out in training camp has improved his game a little bit. Maybe he's not running around and throwing picks and seeing ghosts as take from his former uh, Jets quarterback Sam Darnold. I'm just glad there's a football game. And you know, I, I just always look for the the guys that I fell in love with in the past couple drafts that never really made it. Those are the guys that I like to watch play not preseason.
0: Yeah. I love, um, I love the preseason games. When you look at like the rookies, like it's like their first look and like an actual game. Like I don't buy into the training camp hype at all. I'm just, I honestly, I hate training camp because all it is, is talking about how X player is going to be dominant this year. And then um, they end up, you know, sucking or not doing well. And so I just, I don't believe any hype coming out of training camp for anybody because it's not live reps. It's not against actual teams. And so, Preseason, although it isn't complete, um, it still is live reps, you know, against, you know, kind of a real looking defense or offense, right, depending on where you're going. So you kind of see, you know, the progress they've made and see kind of maybe a potential gleam of what they'll look like. So I'm excited there to see. I wish Dorian Thompson were going to get more of the starts there. I'd love to see right, him too. and kind of what he can do. You know, I've kind of had the Mon experience a little bit before. Um, Zach Wilson always intriguing. I loved watching him at BYU. He definitely was not worth a second round pick for the Jets. I that was that was a very dumb pick. They could have went a, a a number of of different ways there um, that I think um, would have put them up better for success. But um, they believed the hype. They bought into it, and they did it. Um, who knows? It'll work out. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be there forever. So after these two years with Rodgers, we'll see what happens. And maybe Zach Wilson can come back and be more mature and be a better player. Um, and then maybe it'll work out, right? Maybe all of a sudden Zach Wilson yeah. becomes the next great Jet quarterback. And it's like, well, you just needed some time, uh, right? So maybe some people are ready sooner than others. And maybe Zach Wilson does his wait. So excited to see Zach Wilson play. Um, he is electric to watch. And whenever he's on, he's, he's, he's on. He's a very good quarterback when he can play well. Um, so excited to see that. But, um, you know, pre- preseason <laughs> games are, you know, what it is. Um, so I don't get too hyped for preseason games, but it is fun to kind of watch these young guys go out there and, and, and play football to kind of um, look at the, I always love watching, you know, the chiefs preseason games more just because I can see like the yeah. potential players, you know, it's uh, like, man, you know, guess, is this guy going to make the team? Is this guy not going to, but I, I love the most was watching a rookie quarterback. So super excited yes. for the preseason game to watch, you know, AR 15 go out there, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, watch him get some live action. That's what I'm most excited about. So have to wait a little bit because you know it's Jets and the Browns, two teams that I'm not really high on um, coming into the season. Um, so this will be still be a fun game to watch. I definitely sit down and watch you know a little bit of, a little bit of it for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like to watch you know uh, the Browns. We talked about in our ASC North breakdown. You know they drafted a couple of key rookies that I liked a lot. We already mentioned uh, DTR. I love DTR coming out of the draft. He is my quarterback five, very low quarterback five, but a quarterback five. And then uh, Ski Ica the defensive tackle. I think this might be one of the few times that I'm watching a preseason game for a defensive tackle, but I think he he's going to be a stud in the league, so I'm excited to see what he's got. So i just excited to watch football. I don't care who's playing.
0: Yeah, I'm just excited to watch football. It's true. So NFL starting up, college is not too far behind. Uh, as we start to, to go ahead and get into the 2023 season. So um, a lot to do, a lot to, to talk about, and some predictions to be made. So as we get closer, um, weekly, um, if you haven't already, um, check out our two-division breakdown series. We've done the AFC North and the NFC North. Um, each week we'll be coming out with you know the respective divisions as we lead up to the start of the season. So catch next week for the AFC East and NFC East um, breakdowns, and we'll follow up obviously with South and West in the weeks to come um, as we get closer here to the regular season and all the glory and amazingness that it comes with NFL and college football. (laughs) Cannot be more excited than tomorrow. We're just going to get a little bit of a taste of it. Um, And if you're not hooked by tomorrow, then I don't know what's wrong with you. So, yes, um, now's the last chance to wrap up any weddings. Um, any, any funerals, any, bur- anything that takes you away from, from the TV on a weekend. Um, now about the time to start wrapping that up. Okay. So make sure yep. you get on it if you haven't already, because come here in a couple weeks, we're not coming, no matter what it is. Okay. So just get that straight, get it done now, because once football's on football's on, I cannot wait until the question to, Hey, what are you doing this weekend is, Sitting on my couch watching TV, yes, watching football Saturday and Sunday. Like I can't wait till that's answered. Every question. Hey, you want to come? Nope, busy. <laughs> you Football, and everybody will just know. I'll put a sign on the door, "Do not disturb." Watching football, and that way they'll know not to bother me. Um, I'll unplug my doorbell if I have to, but I am going to be busy. Yes,
1: yes, I agree hundred percent. I have a friend getting married, I told him, "I'm like, you got to wrap that up before the season starts. I can't be." can't be in this wedding if it's football time. And luckily he scheduled it the last week in August. So, you know, season don't start till September. So getting that wrapped up, got a golf tournament before then, but just everything clean, cut and dry leading up to September through February. I am out of there. Right. You know, no totally availability.
0: Fun. Yeah, <laughs> Totally. Fun. Awesome. Awesome. Well, as you can see, we're super excited for the football season and we know you are too. So if you want to, um, Keep up with us in our weekly podcast, Division Breakdowns, everything else. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe um, so that you get our episodes weekly. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. We're anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. So come and find us. Share with your friends. Share with your family. Let's enjoy the 2023 football season together. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time here on All Things Football.